bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. Yeah, can you believe it? This is episode 7. I know, I, I like keep keeping count, you know, there will become a time where I won't count these things. But I, yeah, the show, this podcast and everything to do with it has just provided me with the most insane past two weeks in my life. <laughs> this podcast is going to be a big one. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Live in Ireland 87 concert that was happening in sunny Belfast there. And as I'm recording this, this is March 1st, and this is Bob Worrell's birthday. So very happy birthday, Bob. The legend himself, Bob. And yeah, he was doing compare on the night and done a fantastic job, so he did. Uh, you know, managing to fill time with really interesting stories in between, you know, to give the guys a bit of a chance for a breather, plus a bit of a tune-up and stuff, you know, as well, backstage. And Bob done an amazing job. So yeah, March 1st. Happy birthday, Bob. Hope you you have a great birthday. Now, don't worry. We will be talking all about the concert and stuff, as I promised on the live show through the week there on Fuse FM. We didn't get much of a chance to talk about it on the live show on Fuse, because this week I was joined by Craig Laurie, of course, of the Red Hot Chili Pipers, but also of Loman and Clyde Pipe Band fame, Drums and Roses, and the Paisley Pipers as well. So... Craig, thanks a million for coming on to the show in the first place. I think you guys actually, the listeners, you enjoyed having Craig on the show too because there was loads of good messages and questions coming in for Craig. So, good times, good times. And so, yeah, we didn't get much of a chance to talk about the concert. So, this is what this podcast will be. This is kind of a podcast exclusive as well. Yeah, I've got all these amazing, amazing interviews to come your way. I was chatting to Stephen McWhorter, Andrew Carlyle, Reed Maxwell, Bill... Livingston, I still can't believe I managed to get a chance to talk to Bill Livingston. Like, come on, how much of a giant in the piping world is this man? I've got all these interviews to come your way, but that's later, later in the podcast. For now, let's get the formalities out of the way. Piping news. I didn't get through all of it on the live show this week, so this is a good opportunity to get through the piping news to start with. New Ross and District Pipe Band. Yeah, I've given them a shout, I think on last week's podcast as well, but here they are again. They're holding their annual concert called Celtic Weave. Tickets are available now, and they're asking you, if anyone's interested in getting a ticket, get them now if you can, because they are going fast. So any member of New Ross and District Pipe Band will have them. Contact them through their Facebook page. Show itself is on March the 25th, and doors open at 8pm. So yeah, definitely get in contact with New Ross and District through their Facebook page for full details. So it's always very popular, this show. Um, have heard good reports about it, so definitely get in contact with the band if you're wanting to go. Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band are holding a pretty large variety band concert. That's going to be on the 1st of April in Ballymore in Antandragee. Now that's going to be doors opening at 7.30pm 
And it's going to go until the wee hours. Tickets are fiver and can be got from any member of Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band. So, again, same as the new Ross thing. The Pipe Band themselves are the guys to get in contact with if you want tickets for this event. Acts on the night, however, include Major Sinclair Memorial, Marla Coo, and, of course, the hosts, Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band. So there you go. Definitely get in contact with them. Now, I have to give a special shout as well to the 18th of March. The pipes and drums of the Police Service of Northern Ireland hit the stage. Yeah. Now, you're going to want to get in contact with Mountjoy Pipe Band, who are hosting this event. Um, yeah, they have tickets available for sale. More news on this on next week's podcast, because we'll be covering on you know everything to do with this show that's up and coming. Because everyone's going to be dying to hear what the PSNI is going to be bringing to the stage because it's always around this time of year you always hear a little sneak peek of possibly some new competitive material you know maybe half a medley and maybe a wee bit of a strespay from an MSR who knows who knows but yeah if you're going to want to get to that concert it's on the 18th of March day after St Paddy's Day and it's hosted by a Mount Joy Pipe Band so get in contact with them if you're looking for tickets now, Column Kill Pipe Band deserve a mention in the podcast this week because they were in action after the Live in 87 concert on the waterfront. So that was in the waterfront, and the Column Kill Pipe Band then were in action the following day on Sunday in the SSE Arena in Belfast. And they were taking part in the Peace Proms. So it was them plus the Cross Border Orchestra. And if you haven't heard the Cross Border Orchestra before, it's basically a massive collection of musicians from both the north of Ireland and south of Ireland getting together and making some incredible music. And here we have Column Killpipe Band. We're playing with them. Videos of their performances are available on our Facebook page, on the Big Rab Show Facebook page. Go and check it out. I think, by all accounts, the guys in Column Kill had a blast. <laughs> They look to be having way too much fun. So, congratulations to the guys at Column Kill for playing in the SSE Arena. And for, yeah, having a great show. I think it looked really fun for one. And the music itself spoke for itself. It was very good. So, congratulations to everyone there at Column Kill. Now, details are now available on the RSPBA website. We have been asked about this a number of times. This is about the Piper's Trail. Yeah, which is a scheme which seems which kind of incorporates the whole world of piping and drumming, but it gives them an opportunity, any piper, any drummer out there, the opportunity to go and perform at the Edinburgh Military Tattoo. Now, this is kind of unique. Normally, to take part in the Edinburgh Tattoo, you have to be in kind of the, the military, you know, the, the clue is in the name, the Edinburgh Military Tattoo. But here we now have this scheme that I think has been running now for maybe a few years, where any piper or drummer, uh, even especially members of the RSPBA, can apply. You can put your CV in, you know, you give who you play for, how long you've played, da, 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 all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I'm not even sure if there's auditions or that held. You know, I'm, I'm not kind of up on the whole details of it there, but... Um, yeah, for anyone who are, is interested in going and playing at the Edinburgh Tattoo, this is a golden opportunity. Because you don't have to be in the services. You could run yourself through this scheme called the Piper's Trail 
and you could be there at the Edinburgh Tattoo. Now, that in itself would be an experience. It's kind of an iconic event. Whenever anyone ever talks about tattoos, your thoughts immediately always go to the Edinburgh Tattoo because that's the tattoo. Come on. So, yeah, go and check it out. It's on the RSPBA website at the moment. Full details are up there about the Piper's Trail and the whole scheme, how it all works, how to get your application in, what you need to form part of your application, and just the whole process. How you can go along through it and then hopefully end up in the tattoo. So if you're going for it, I wish you luck. And yeah, (laughs) let us know on the show, first of all, if anyone out there is putting their application in. But we'd love to hear from you how this all works because it's fascinating. Anyway. The RSPBA, yeah, I'm mentioning them twice in the same podcast, but this is for maybe not such a positive reason. See, but I can be controversial on the podcast. I can say what I like. That's great. Aye, the RSPBA rules. Yeah, last year they passed a rule where family members were not allowed to judge family members. Do you remember this? This passed last year, and there was a lot of talk about it. I remember on the Big Rab Show live show, we got a lot of text messages and tweets and stuff. And yeah, because we were ruled by Ofcom, we had to be very careful what we said. But um, there was a lot of very polarised opinions. A lot of people said this was a good thing, and a lot of people also said, well, no, it's not a good thing. The argument that I put forward was, if a family member can't judge a family member, just... How far do you take it? Do you know, do you go as far down as he's my cousin's best friend who used to have a dog that lived in your man's house that was also his brother's? Do you know, how far do you take family members? Our piping world is a big world, don't get me wrong, but it's also kind of a small world too because everybody knows everybody. So at some point or other, you're bound to bump into a family member. You know, be it a judge or a player or do you know what I mean? So anyway, this rule has now been quietly scrapped. Yeah, this news broke on PipesDrums.com. They reported this and saying that, yeah, at the end of 2016, after it had been tried through the five major championships for a season, it's now kind of been quietly dissolved away and... Nobody's really been told about it, and it's all been kept very quiet. Don't think it was intentional at all. Um, There just wasn't much fuss about it. Um, Tried it for a year, and then, poof, it's gone. So, (laughs) so yeah, as PipesDrums.com reported it on their website, they say, up until now, it hasn't been communicated to any of the RSPBA membership. And that's true. I don't remember anything ever being in social media, even on their website, or I don't think even any letters or anything was issued or anything like that on rule changes. But <clears throat> here we go. It's gone. We have a rule change. Family members can now judge family members again. Now, I don't know. Some of you out there say this is a positive thing. You know, there's nothing negative about this because you're calling into question, you know, a judge's impartiality and all of this. And to be honest, I talked about it on the live show there on Tuesday. We were saying if a family member was to judge you, surely your family member would be slightly harsher on you because, you know, they want... I don't know if they want to be hard on you, but you know what I mean? They kind of expect better. <laughs> do you know, like if my dad was judging me, he'd no matter, you know, he was like, ah, you could do better than that, you know, two points for an intro kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? 
I don't know. That's just my thoughts. And I can give them here in the podcast. Lethal. That's my thoughts on it. So, yeah, that rule's now been dissolved. Pipe Idol 2017. That amazing competition headed by Fred Morrison, of course, the sponsor. Pipe Idol 2017 is back. They're opening their doors for all entries. So, if you're aged under 21, fancy your chances competing for Pipe Idol 2017 at the Pipe and Life Festival this incoming year. Get your application in now. Now's your chance. Go to the Pipe and Live Festival's Facebook page where all the full details of all how to get your application in and all that sort of stuff. What your repertoire has to be and all that kind of stuff. It's all up there on their Facebook page. Go now and get your application in. It's one heck of a competition and the prize itself, getting a set of Fred Morrison rail pipes for free. Just in your hand, here's a set of pipes, congratulations. Plus, you get bragging rights for being Pipe Idol 2017. Wouldn't that be ace? So, yeah, one heck of a competition for under-21s. So, unfortunately, old farts like me can't enter. Danny, I'm not a piper. I can't enter this. What am I talking about? Anyway, yeah, if you want to enter the competition, now's your chance. So we have one last news story. And that is the Quinn Memorial Pipe Band. Yeah, my old band, of course. I'm still calling them that. I'm giving them another shout in this week's podcast. Because, yeah, they're just wanting another plug, so why not? You know, that's what this podcast is all about. So they're holding a table quiz in the British Legion Hall in Upperlands. Saturday the 18th. There you are. Saturday the 18th of March. So doors open at 7.30. And it's a five at a table. Yes. Raising money for the Quinn Memorial Pipe Band. So there you are. Now... Let's talk a little about the podcast. That's enough for the piping news, I think. I think I've pretty much covered everything for the piping news this week. The podcast seems to be very slowly spreading among the ethos out there. (laughs) The ether, even, I can just about talk. It's becoming crazy popular. And I have to say thank you to absolutely everyone who's been messaging in. Seems to be, no matter the topic... Everyone always seems to have a bit of a conversation, regardless of what's been talked about. So, last week's talking about pipe band fashion. Now, you talk about a bit of a hotbed of <laughs> of opinions. Yeah, I think this will be a topic we may need to revisit again sometime. But uh, I, <laughs> I've been really enjoying doing these podcasts. And what I want you guys to do is to let me know if you have any, uh, you know, any suggestions for the topics of the week i've got a few you know i've got yeah a handful i've got you know like half a page written down of ideas of what we could talk about for topics of the week um but i also want to hear from you guys you know i I get regular emails now from jim williamson what about you jim there's a few other guys as well there from the states who email in and yeah i also get tweets and facebook messages and that through the week so it can be quite busy it can be quite busy so it's amazing to hear from you and Thank you to everyone who messages in, really. It's much appreciated. Um, Because this show is about you guys. You know, if you guys weren't messaging in and looking for stuff to be plugged or give a shout out to our Johnny who just started lifting the gender, you know, that that sort of stuff. That's what this is all about. You know, I'm here to reflect you, the pipe band world. So definitely, if you can, get in contact with us. We have our Twitter, which is at Big Rab Show. 
get us a message down on there. Plus, you can reach us on Facebook as well, which is The Big Rab Show on Facebook. I'm sure a lot of you already are on there. And so, yeah, that's a good way to get in contact with us because you're not limited with the character numbers. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but also, if you do want to email me, we are in the process of setting up a Big Rab Show email address. Uh, but if you message us on the Facebook page, I could send you on my personal email address and you can send me your thoughts. So, there you go. That being said, this podcast seems to be a pretty fast one this week. And that's another thing I'm kind of concerned with. Sometimes I do think the podcasts are a bit long in length. Uh, because, you know, we don't have any music on the podcast or anything. Um, so it's just me basically talking. And I suppose that's what podcasts are. But, you know, they're nearly hitting an hour each time. And I'm just concerned you guys really want to listen to me talking and slabbering for an hour. I don't know, I don't know, but I think the feedback I'm getting so far is that everyone seems to be really enjoying it, so I'll keep it going, I'll keep it going, and if anything, I really appreciate everyone tuning in, and yeah, please tell your mates about the podcast, spread the good word, yeah, invite your friends to like our Facebook page, and our Twitter, and of course, give us a rating on iTunes, or a follow, and all of that good stuff, sort of stuff. subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. In case the big rab show twice a week in the radio wasn't enough for you, here's his podcast day. Well now here on the big rab show podcast we have a regular feature, it's the topic of the week. Yes, here it is, the topic of the week. It's that time already on this this podcast, this is flying in. Well, I have to talk about the elephant in the room that I've been threatening to talk about now for weeks. Yes, the Live in Ireland 87 in Belfast concert. Now, yeah, it was incredible. It really was. For those of you who were there at the concert, you kind of seen history being made. And I'm not kind of trying to oversell it by any means, but whenever you look who was on stage and the music that was being produced by these men, men and women, it was just unbelievable. The sound... That hit you. The wall of sound? Incredible. It really was. So, yeah, from a musical standpoint, from sheer nostalgia standpoint, because, see, as soon as they opened the show with Lord Lovett's Lament, uh, I, I just wanted to start clapping there and then. But then again, I would have been the only Egypt that was clapping. Because <laughs> everyone was in stone-cold silence, just soaking in every note, you know? It was incredible. Anyway, I have to give a special thank you to RSPBA-NI and, of course, Mr. Ian Burrows. He looked after me incredibly well. If anything, I think he kind of humoured me. I think I, I must have annoyed him stupid because he was an incredibly busy man. He was running around trying to organise everything. And, uh, yeah, he worked his socks off. So, Ian... Thank you very much um, for all of the kind of press access and everything that you allowed our show to have. It was fantastic. And, yeah, I think, yeah, I was just glad to be a part of the event, to be there and witness it. And then to have something as special as what's coming next. I was invited backstage to go and interview some of the guys who were on stage. Now, this in itself was simply amazing. Chatting to the likes of Stephen Crichton, you know, Stephen McWhorter, Andrew Carlyle, Reed Maxwell, and the legend himself, 
Bill Livingston. Now, I did ask for an interview with Mr. Richard Parks, MBA, but he managed to juke me. <laughs> he snuck off. Yeah, he managed to kind of just politely say, no, sorry, Rob, I have to go. And that was cool. I wasn't there to annoy anyone. I wasn't there to kind of aggressively shove a microphone in their face and say, you will talk. But, hey, you know, someday, someday, we will get an interview with Richard. <laughs> I have been trying for years to get talking to this man. And so each and every time he manages to, manages to get away. And I will, I will, sometime I will get chatting to him. But that's not to take away from some of the, the legends of the piping world that I did get to talk to. So, that'll come. But I want to talk about the concert itself, first of all. Now, I can't sit here and say that it was all positive. Because that's not realistic. We can't say that the show was just simply amazing from start to end, with no flaws, nothing. But, yeah, there was very little in the way of flaws. Um, The music itself was impeccable. The people on the stage, as you would expect, were extremely talented. I have to give a special tip of the hat as well to the competition winners who were on stage. forgot about them. Jake McConnell and Cameron Mitchell, both RSPBA NI members, had made it onto the stage as part of the competition that RSPBA NI ran. And these guys were up on stage right next to these big, big guns of the piping world. Now, if that was me, my knees would have buckled from under me. And, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't have been able to play a note. But these guys held their own. You know, they were up there and didn't make any slips at all. They were note perfect. So, well done, guys. Jake and Cameron both. You were superb. And then what I felt was kind of awful but brilliant at the same time. Uh, Bob Worrell was up after the interval and he came on and he started to reintroduce the band back onto stage again. But before he'd done so, he invited Jake and Cameron both onto the stage. Now these are the two competition winners. And he brought them on and he interviewed them on stage. Now this is in front of a massive, massive audience. And I felt so sorry for these guys. I was going, oh, no, that's just my worst nightmare, being brought on stage and told to answer questions. But these guys spoke so well. It's almost as if they kind of rehearsed it. They must have knew it was coming. But, yeah, they spoke, you know, about how proud they were to be up on that stage and how amazing it was. And uh, it was just incredible. You know, the guys were a credit to themselves and their bands as well, of course. But, yeah, congratulations, guys. You really held your own. It was fantastic. Now, I've talked mostly about the positive. The music, the people, the personality, all of that was just incredible and definitely worth going to see. However, there was one negative. And I know everyone's going to start slabbering at me because I'm talking about a negative and something that was so historic. But that's... That's what I'm saying is the negative here. This concert was so historic. It was such a landmark in piping history here in Northern Ireland. You know, for it to be in the waterfront, perfect venue, and to see such a lineup like this. The bad side was is that there was plenty of empty seats. Now, this did not make sense to me. 
as I was sitting in my, in my seat in the audience waiting for the show to start, I was looking around and thinking, these, these seats aren't filling up. What's going on? Where is everyone? Now, as I was out in the lobby, and I was hanging out in the bar with a good lot of the guys, you know, that listened to the show, and people were coming over and talking to me, and we were hanging out, and we were all saying, oh, how excited we were for the show. Now, there looked to be a big crowd out there. Now, I'm not saying the empty seats meant that there wasn't anybody watching it, because there was. There was at least two or 3,000 people in that building. There was a large crowd already there, but there were some empty seats, I'm not going to lie. And this kind of raised a bit of a debate online. People were talking, saying, well, why are, are these seats empty? So I, don't, I really don't know. Whenever you look at some of the video footage that we managed to get and photographs and stuff like that, it's, yeah, it was kind of off-putting. You see these empty, empty, empty pews and you're thinking, why did people not take advantage of this? It's such a historic event. It didn't make sense didn't make sense anyway and that's probably another thing i should add um we did try to do a little bit of live streaming now we weren't going to live stream the entire event from start to end because i know there were some genuine fears about that but no we weren't going to do that maybe we're going to get the introduction set and maybe you know the set at the end or something something like that just you know a little clip here it is um but yeah the venue had a policy of no filming so, you know, the ushers who were there in the building were actively running around the, the aisles and the pews and things and the aisles and tapping people on the shoulder and telling them to stop. Now, this is even legitimate photographers who were there who seemed to be hired in to take photographs and stuff. They were being asked to stop as well. So, hey, you know, the venue has its policies. Whenever, you know, it was raised online on our Facebook page, the band themselves saying that they didn't have this policy and they actually actively wanted to see video clips and they wanted to see how it sounded from an audience perspective. Um, so that, yeah, was commendable, but it's just unfortunate. You know, it's the venue's policy. And, yeah, I think it's the same. No matter what the concert is, is in that venue. You know, the venue just stops you from filming or videoing at all so hey it happens that wasn't a negative by any means probably the biggest negative that i took from it was the empty seats which kind of begs belief i really don't understand why but uh i don't know it was sad because the music and the show itself was so well presented professionally done and the music was just out of this world Whew, what a show I'm still actually reeling from it now. See, when whenever I was on the road home, and I just had to pinch myself, and you know, what did I just witness? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And even with chatting to the guys backstage who were on the stage taking part of the event, even they said themselves, they had to sit back and just go, wow, how amazing is this? Do you know? So... Yeah, to be able to now listen back to the original recording of 87, you know, the original recording, uh, you know, it, it still gives you that goosebump feeling, you know what I mean? And yeah, to hear it again live on stage was simply incredible. So it's a testament to the guys who were on the stage who worked really hard and produced this amazing music. It's also a massive 
massive deal for the RSPBA NI who worked insanely hard to get this show off the ground and to get it working and to get it on stage in the first place because let's face it we didn't think it would happen again but it did and I think it's through no small part of the insane hard work from the RSPBA NI they worked their tail off um so yeah congratulations to everyone who was on stage that night and also to all the backstage team you guys deserve a holiday (laughs) grant okay i've kept you hanging for long enough let's hear from the big names themselves i still can't believe i managed to get chatting to these guys here we go here's kicking things off with an interview with mr stephen mcwhorter well, I'm backstage, managed to sneak back, thanks to Mr. Burroughs. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I'm joined with Mr. Stephen McWhorter. What about you, Stephen? I'm good. And, uh, just having my first beer after the concert. It tastes great. I'm sure it does. What's it like on stage with all of those big names? Yourself included, of course. Ah, it's great. You know, it never, it never gets old playing that music. Um, I've listened to that CD so many times, but to actually get up and play it live... Ah, it's phenomenal. I'm sure it is. Right, so that's what I was going to ask about for listeners' advice. Is there any one particular track that you would perform that gives you the goosebumps, even on stage? Uh, definitely The Gold Ring and The Clumsy Lover. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. tonight, the, the most special set was the Up to the Line medley. It was, oh, yeah. it was just full of drive and excitement. It was fantastic. There you go. So, can you tell us, how did you get involved with this project to begin with? Because you took part in the Glasgow one as well, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, well, I played I played in Reed's Core in SFU. So, uh, he called me up one night, out of the blue, and said, we're, we're putting on the, the 1987 Live in Ireland show. Do you want to be a part of it? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> there was, there was no, no thought required. No, there was no, like... And sleeping on a kind of thing it was yes yeah that was an instant instant <laughs> yes well I have to congratulate you on an amazing season with Inverary how did you think the season went last year oh, it was a great season uh, the band was consistent all year um, both ends uh, and it was yeah overall it was a, a great season a uh, great way to finish with the champion of cha- champions of champions I'd say that was probably the cherry on the cake then really <laughs> well the worlds would have been the cherry on the cake, but <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Maybe next year. So, with this season rolling in, and with you're busy all around the world teaching workshops and concerts like this, how's the work progressing through the winter for the incoming season? Uh, it's been good. Uh, we haven't changed an awful lot of material, uh, competition-wise. Mm. We learned, we learned four or five new sets for our concert that we played at Celtic Connections in January. Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, we were kind of focused on that. Now we're gradually getting back into the the grind of the TMSRs and the TMLs. Yeah, lovely, I'm sure. But it's the same winter for everybody, no matter what the grade. So, best of luck through the winter, Stephen. Yeah. I have to ask you then, what do you think about Gus getting nominated for Beard of the Year on our show? (laughs) I have no words. It's legendary, this beard. It really is. It's travelled all over. It is legendary. (laughs) And I've tried many times to encourage him to shave it. And the more I encourage him... Really? Aye. The more he resists. Oh, no. So I've just given up. (laughs) 
Well, uh, yeah, our listeners have asked asked me if I could chat to anyone backstage. I have to ask, what's your favourite cheese? My favourite cheese? Mm. Anything spicy. Ooh, I see. With a bit of chilli through in there, something. Chilli cheese is good. There you go. I like it. So, anything surprising on the future for yourself? Never mind Inverary or the band. Is there anything in the world of Steve coming up that we could be interested in? Uh, no, not really. So. Oh, quite boring at the minute. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm traveling a, a bit in the summer to teach. Nice. Uh, yeah. But no, this, besides that, we're, we're just kind of churning away of getting ready for Beasley. There you go. And it's only around the corner, really. Whenever you look at the calendar, uh, it's, it's coming. It's coming quickly. There you go. So I ask this question of everyone just on the show before I let you go. Has there been any one moment in the whole of the piping history of yourself that you can say, stand back and go? Wow, that was pretty cool. Um, that's a big question to ask. Like, <laughs> <that's> a, <laughs> there's been so many highlights over the years. Um, yeah. Not because I'm here, but I would, I would have to say the the up to the line medley tonight was probably one of the highlights so far. Standout moment, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic to stand up there after two days of rehearsals and and play it as well as we played it with with, with the drive and enthusiasm was that was great. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was great. Fantastic. Well Stephen, thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. Yeah thanks very much. Hopefully catch you throughout the season as it progresses. Yeah absolutely. All the best. Yeah, thanks. thanks. And after chatting to Stephen, straight after Stephen McWhorter right after him actually <laughs> he kind of followed him. Here is Mr. Andrew Carlyle. I'm joined by Mr. Andrew Carlyle. What about you, Andrew? I am doing good, yeah. Uh, one of the best piping experiences I've ever had, so, yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. What was it like to be on stage with some of the first names? Well, brilliant. I mean, it's, I think playing that music that, I mean, as a kid I used to listen to that album like over and over again and, you know, to, to get to play it with the original people that performed that, you know, yeah. 30 years ago is just terrific, you know. Sure. So, yeah. How long is the preparation stage? Back? This is what I'm kind of fascinated about, about the whole organisation of it all. How did it all work for everyone? Well, um, physically, we we all started meeting on uh, Wednesday morning. So, um, yeah, we all day Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to rehearse, and yeah. then and then um, just to tune up there today uh, on the Saturday. Um, but I mean, the, the music was dished out. I think I was asked to come on board uh, around the start of November. So shortly after that, I started like looking at some of the music and listening to the recordings and stuff like that. You know. See, this is all fascinating to me. So, <laughs> our listeners keep asking really dopey questions. So, here's one. What's your favourite cheese, Andrew? Favourite cheese? <laughs> I actually don't like cheese at all. Anything. Do you know, no, do you know, there's quite a lot of people don't. So, don't worry, you're grand. So, tell me, has there been any one particular highlight in the show that you get the goosebumps? Do you know what I mean? The hairs in the back of the neck? The, the one that sticks out uh, right away is uh, the... F- the medley we played at the start of the second half um, we got into uh, the slow air and there was a big long D which as all the pipers all know is the most difficult note to tune on the pipes <laughs> and it was just perfect and yeah. we held it, it was quite a sustained one and uh, it was more, not only was that a highlight but um, Bill Livingstone who's, who was conducting mm. 
he actually like jumped back and went wow <laughs> <laughs> fantastic so what's held in the future for yourself this incoming season what's in front of you uh, well well, I'm uh, living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania these days. Um, I've been there six and a half years. So, yeah. Uh, well, I fly back on uh, on Monday, first thing on Monday, and I get into Pittsburgh at two thirty with the time difference, and I have oh, to go. No. And I go, I have to go and uh, start teaching again at five p.m. that night, and then run a band practice. So, oh my be word, fun. that's just not funny, is it? That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But yeah, will you be competing anywhere this income season, or any solo work? Yeah, of course. Well, I'm st- uh, as long as Richard will have me back, yeah, but it'll be I think my fifteenth season with Phil Marshall this Fantastic. year. So uh, yeah. I'll be back with them. Uh, all being well, and then uh, yeah, I'll be in for um, the, some of the big solo competitions in uh, both North America and silver in, in Scotland as well. Open in Inverness for the gold medal and that. You know, fantastic. Well, I've been asking everyone who comes on to the Big Rad Show this big question: What has been your most memorable moment in piping? I think this tonight has to be right up there. Really? Know, I think it has to be, yeah. <laughs> I think um, maybe I'm biased because it's just happened, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it has quite to be a, right up there, yeah. It is quite a good one all the same, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. I really appreciate it. All right, thank thanks. you, Rob. Cheers. Thanks, Andrew, for chatting to us on the show. Straight after chatting to Andrew, now, I cannot believe the reaction I got whenever Reed Maxwell walked out of the dressing room to see me standing there with a the microphone. Yeah, I think Reed Maxwell may be a bit of a fan. <laughs> Which is just amazing. I couldn't believe that Reed Maxwell, for one, actually knew who I was and has heard the show and follows the Facebook and does all that stuff. I was just completely blown away. So here is probably a very starstruck rab chatting to Mr. Reed Maxwell. So I haven't managed to get booted away from backstage yet, which is great. <laughs> but here I am chatting with none other than a drumming legend. Reed, thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. <laughs> well, Reed Maxwell here, and it's, um, it's an honour to be talking with Rab from the Big Rab Show. Oh, no, come it on. absolutely is. <laughs> I think I've got one over all the young guys in my corner. This will be another wee coup for me when I go home. Absolutely. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Well, tell us about this whole show. I was there in person in Glasgow because I thought it's a one-off. Lightning doesn't strike twice. I had to be there. How did this happen? Well, I think even before the Glasgow show... Yeah. There was people talking that it shouldn't have happened in Glasgow. It should have happened oh, in in Ireland, in, uh, Ireland you yeah, know. Yeah. And so, I think even before that particular concert, people were saying, "How could we do this? And could we get it in Ireland? And mm. would they come?" And yeah. of course, well, the answers to that were they got a venue and absolutely would come. And here we are, and we've it's been a, th- a sort of thirteen month span yeah. of unbelievable great times. That's it. I think no matter who I'm speaking to, everyone seems to be having the best time. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, if, if, for being pipe bands, we're all known as being a bit of a sullen lot, you know, a bit serious. But tonight, everyone's laughing, joking. It's the best. How has the experience been for yourself? I know you've probably had more of a workload than most being lead tipper. How have you found the whole experience yourself? Well, I would say incredibly humbling that so many people would want to be part of it when, when they were invited. For example, I took the stage tonight 
uh, Stephen McCorr, great friend. Yeah. Uh, used to play in uh, the band at SFU before he took over at Inverary. Yeah. Seven times world solo drumming champion. Mm. And Stephen Crichton, lead drummer at St. Lawrence O'Toole, yeah. uh, current world uh, drum corps champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> the, the fact that the, those two amazing players would want to take a little bit of time at their schedule and be part of this because they have to. Put, we all have to put time in our already very busy band schedule. Well, yeah. And. Uh, Incredibly humbling, and uh, the other lads that came up uh, from slot, uh, Connor McNally and Alan Bromwell, fantastic. My um, very good friend Ian Lawson, who also plays with Stephen at Inverary, uh, being on board. Um, it was really good, and and to think that there's you know a few of us here from SFU uh, currently, and uh, St Lawrence O'Toole and Inverary, but we're all f- friends. We're all, it's all about the music, and I, I, I couldn't say more about how humbled I am. It's uh, uh, one of the great. I'll remember this. As fondly as I'll remember competition wins, for sure. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, if anything, this is the big question I ask most people that come on the show, is what has been your most memorable moment in piping and drumming? It's a big question to ask. Wow, holy smokes. It is a big one. And a lot of people always kind of tell me off. <laughs> well, if I had to say if there was one special moment that was maybe just a little bit better... In 2008, the SFU Pipe Band won the World Pipe Band Championships, yes. and I won the World Pipe Band Championships in the drumming that day mm-hmm. with my son playing in the band, and it pretty yeah. much doesn't get really any better than that. It was no. uniquely special for that reason only, and I'd probably say that that one moment mm. because of that was amazing. Yeah. There you go. Well, a little less serious of a question. What's your favourite cheese? My favourite cheese? Uh, yeah. Have you got one? Well... <laughs> <laughs> the more sharp the cheddar, the better. Oh, I see a cheddar fan. Oh, ah, fantastic. There, there you go. go. Grands, well, looking forward into the 2017 season. How are things looking at the moment in SFU? Well, good. We're uh, very excited. I don't know if you've heard or not, but the band's uh, already booked tickets uh, and uh, we're coming over to Paisley for the British Championships wow. uh, on May. Fantastic. So it'll be one of those very quick trips, leave on Thursday, get in on Friday, play Saturday and home on Sunday. A whistle-stop tour, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, we just thought we needed to do something a wee bit different and get us motivated. Mm. And... Um, so we thought, let's look at a competition, and this one was the best one, fit for everybody's schedule, uh, yeah, to bring yeah. a, as big a band over as we can at that time of year, so we're very excited, really looking forward to it, and uh, I would say that uh, we're hoping that it'll springboard the, this 2017 season, as much for us as it will all the other bands that are trying to get out for the first time of the year and, Certainly, and do yeah. their best, you know. Well, I wish you the very best of luck. Anyway, has Thanks. there any surprises in material? Maybe any new stuff that we haven't heard yet? No, no. <laughs> we've been working. We've been working on other things. Um, we just tweaked our March to Spain reels a little bit, and uh, last year we actually. We, we took to the field with two new medleys and so I think the, the plan is that maybe we'll give the one that we played in the final or we go in the qualifier and yes. flip them this year or something like that oh, but see, we, yes. we don't feel that we've really played this stuff long enough to, certainly not long enough to get tired of it mm. and maybe if we just get a wee bit more, it, it might just be that wee bit more mature like, a, a, like a cheddar like a cheddar <laughs> it's all connected, piping and cheese there you go <laughs> Well, thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. We'll wish you the very best of luck in the incoming season. Rob, thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll catch you on the grass as the season goes through. Yes. Especially in Paisley. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks a million. Cheers. There you are. Thank you very much, Reid, for chatting to us. Really enjoyed uh, having a good laugh with you. And if anything, I was completely blown away just to kind of 
shoot the breeze, as they say. You know, even when the microphone was switched off, chatting away about bands and stuff, it was just the best time hanging out with Reed backstage. So thank you very much, Reed, for chatting to us on the show. I do wish you the very best of luck in the incoming season, and hopefully I will catch you out on there in the grass, you know. And exciting news as well, that you're going to be doing two majors this year. So, yeah, there you go. We're going to see more SFU this year, which is always a good thing. Now, I got chatting to the lead drummer. I had to talk to the pipe major. Oh my word. I now I listened back to this interview a few times now and I am a quivering wreck. <laughs> I am I honestly I was starstruck. I was nervous. I was genuinely nervous and it was one of those moments where I had so many questions in my head and uh, I can't even remember what came out. That's why I had to go back and listen to it. So, you know, have you ever had that feeling where you have such a legendary figure standing right in front of you and you can ask this person who has a wealth of knowledge of the piping world and you come out with such stupid questions like, what's your favourite cheese? And I'm just slapping myself on, yeah, see, on the forehead. It's just awful. It's so cringeworthy. But uh, I think I managed to calm myself enough to be able to get some intelligent questions in there. And here it is, my interview with the legend, Mr. Bill Livingston. Well, I am joined by, what I was told, the man of the moment. (laughs) Hi, Bill. Thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. How are you? It's a pleasure, and I'm tired. I'm sure. How have you found this whole experience? Because I was there in the Glasgow show, and I think the overwhelming feeling uh, from everyone after the show was, wow, only for lightning to strike twice. Here we are again. How have you found this whole experience? I think it's remarkable, and I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's humbling, it's a real honour, and it's a highlight in my life, because all of these uh, players, these top-notch players in pipe bands, mm. um, have uh, come together to celebrate the music, and it's a really interesting thing because there's no sense of uh, the competition atmosphere. It's all it's a sort of camaraderie and yeah. uh, and uh, sort of building towards a sing- single goal, which is to make. Uh, grade one class pipe band uh, yeah. out of nothing in three days and so the, the team is just focused on that and then all of these wonderful um, affections yeah. develop it's, 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 it's pretty remarkable That's uh, from talking to Reed earlier he was saying that everyone is like best friends there's no, there's no competition involved it's all about making music exactly what it is and um, that's the refreshing thing about it. it, it <laughs> I, th- I don't know. Somebody once said that this may be the wave of the future. But God knows if it's mm. possible. But to bring together the very best musicians in our world and stage a concert yeah. as opposed to a pipe band, let's say, before the World's Championship, going mm. to do a concert. So yeah. they'll have their fans there, and then other bands who have their fans there mm. will be listening, and they'll all be listening with the same uh, terrible 
twisted pipe band enthusiast yeah. here. Yeah. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> those high A went sharp. Bunch of bloody nonsense. Can you tune those Ds? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. None of that here. No, that's None of that. It's all just, uh, boy, that's wonderful music and uh, it's great to hear it. So tell me something. I've kind of grown up with the recording and I'm sure a lot of the guys that are in that room have done the same. How has this music from 30 years ago still kind of, you know, stood the test of time? You know, it's still as emotional now as what it was, I'm sure, when it was first performed. Well, I have uh, I, I have some very strong thoughts on that, hmm. and uh, you may or may not know, I'm my, I have a memoir uh, which is being released probably within uh, uh, the month. Ooh, and, uh, yeah, and I, and I devote a lot of uh, time to the issue of how the World's Pipe Band Championships stultifies everybody. And there's, mm. a lot of, there's a lot involved in it. First of all, everybody wants to be world's champion. It's a great, great thing to do. Yeah. And um, that alone would drive people to play the music that would achieve that for them. But now there is so much monetizing of a pipe band mm. stuff with drummers and pipers making reeds and bags and selling chanters yeah. and all of that. There's and a lot so, of business involved. so the only way the only way that you can maintain your your commercial profile is to be very, very successful. Mm. People teaching all over the world and so what happens is it constrains ever more the choice of music because let's not take a chance yeah. let's not take a chance as long as we get in that prize list then we we can uh, we can protect yeah. protect the brand and protect the, the product so there's a there's a lot of that which is keeping it back and that's why this stuff which is really it's just some of it is really pretty crazy and that's why people love it I think people cry out for this kind of breakthrough oh certainly certainly yeah so uh, this is probably a really big question to ask a piper but have you got a favourite tune a tune that you can think I just love that and it kind of shakes your bones gives you that you know hairs in the back of your neck kind of feeling have you got a particular tune that does that for you <laughs> funny eh? the, um, first of all uh, I'm, I am a pipe band man for sure yeah and, um, but I am probably first last and foremost a Peabrook player and yeah. I th- personally think that Peabrook is the music that the bagpipe in its present, present form was intended to play mm. for sure I'll play crazy reels and hornpipes and jigs <laughs> at top speed and all of that yeah. but if I want to feel really moved by a piece of music mm. I'll play the Lament for the Laird of Animal Annapool or the Lament for the Children or something like that those are the things that at home in my piping room mm. I can devote 15-20 minutes to and just get carried away get lost in it yeah. yeah that's fantastic so can you answer a really big question with all of your very career in the piping world has there been one standout moment that you could think wow that's incredible one standout moment yeah. uh, there are tons of them and many many solo prizes of mm-hmm. which I'm terribly proud but 
you know, a solo prize is a very personal thing. It's a private thing. Mm. The satisfaction is all internal. Uh, yeah. And uh, so it's terribly satisfying because, first of all, the music is so satisfying. But in terms of just what resonates... It's the great pipe band achievements because I've got all my pals and all my friends and, mm-hmm. you know, people I love and people who love me back and we yeah. all celebrated together. So it's that kind of thing. So for sure the World's Championship was, was an amazing thing. And then here I am all these 30 years later playing with, uh, you know, the top people in the field against whom I've competed mm. for 30 years. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, can I ask you, what's your favorite cheese? My favorite what? Your favorite cheese. Have you got a favorite, favorite cheese? cheese? Yeah. What hell kind of a question is that? That's a really serious pipe and oriented question, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because I find that we draw a lot of similarities between the cheese world and the piping world. <laughs> I'm, be, I'm being put on, but that's okay. No. I, love, I love any creamy, strong, blue cheese. Ooh. I love Stilton. I more love St. Agur. Ooh. I love all that kind of wow. cheese. Yeah. So, t- that's a silly question, but I'll ask you a more serious question now. Have you got any memories from the very first concert in Balamina that kind of carried through all of this experience with celebrating the performance? Yes, I do. I, uh, I remember that at halftime we were down in the uh, basement of the uh, concert hall. Yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? Not a, not a part of the hall that we were yeah. playing in. Yeah. And pulling through drones and so it was a very muggy night and rain and rain. Mm. And I didn't I didn't think it was going well at all. I was just I was really? terribly unhappy with it. And my wife Lily came down to see how we, what we were doing, and I told her that. And she said, "Are you out of your mind? They're standing on the chairs trying to get a better view. They're having a great time." And that just just set me at ease and out we went played a set of six eights and it was all there all of a sudden it was all there that's fantastic well thank you very much first of all for the show (laughs) because I've now been able to enjoy it twice I was in Glasgow once and I'm now here again I've really appreciated everything and what does the future hold now for yourself well, I'm uh, completing uh, another, f- uh, I think, another four uh, CDs in the Peabrook Diary series. Mm. As I say, my memoir is coming out, and I'm just uh, entering into discussions with a great Celtic uh, guitarist uh, from Scotland, a guy named... Uh, oh, like, isn't that awful? The guy I'm going to work with. Uh, not important. In guitar and Peabrook together. Wow, yeah. that, that sounds pretty good. I would be up for that now. Grant, well, thank you very much for chatting to us on the show. And I wish you all the very best of luck for the incoming season and the rest of the year. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Bill Livingston, for chatting to us on the show. What a guy. What a guy. I had so much respect for him. And, yeah, to be able to chat to us on the show in the first place was simply incredible. Thank you, Bill, for taking the time to talk to us. And, yeah, I hope you don't think I was being too foolish by asking you a stupid question about cheese. But, I don't know, I got so tongue-tied and kind of starstruck. So stupid. So, yeah, I was all in good (laughs) humour. Thank you, Bill, for talking to us. Now, this wasn't over for me. We were kind of getting shooed out of the building by security. And on the way out, 
I happen to bump into an old mate of the show, Mr. Stephen Crichton, of course, lead drummer of St. Lawrence Atul. And, yeah, he was in the middle of carrying out drum harnesses and drums and all sorts of different things. So, I offered to give him a hand down the stairs. Give him a hand down with the stuff. And on the way down, I asked him, you fancy again, give us a wee cheeky interview for the show. So, he's been on the show before, and he was more than willing to say hello to us all. So, here it is. Here's my interview with the world drumming lead drummer. <laughs> ah, see, I get tongue-tied again. Here is Mr. Stephen Crichton. Grant, well, we've been booted out from backstage by security. <laughs> but I'm joined by Stephen. Well, about you, Stephen? Are you well? Good, yeah. How are you? Grant, thanks. It's been one heck of a night, I have to say. What was it like for yourself on stage? Fantastic. I wasn't on it all the time, but I'd done five sets. And for me to learn chips... I've never played chips since I'm I was sure. 16 years of age. And then I've never played somebody else's material since I was 16 years of age. But yeah. it wasn't really about chips and it wasn't about anything other than the crack, the atmosphere and enjoying yeah. and the celebration of the 20 years. And I'm hoping it'd be great if in 20 years' time I was fit and able enough to do the dawn of the day. Will that happen? Yeah. We won't know. But you have to take your hat off to the guys who were on the original cast that were with us for the last three days. Oh, uh, yeah. They haven't played some of them since they, since 1987. And, really? and I can assure you, mm. even as the leading drummer of the current World Drum Corps champions, mm. that material is very difficult to play. And for yeah. some of them guys the age that they're at now, all I'll say is my hat has to come off to them because they're fantastic. And you see Reed Maxwell, he's playing as good as I've ever heard of. I sat around the table mm. with him in Glasgow last year. And I've also sat around with him for the last couple of days here. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, for his age, he is in f- fantastic condition. It's great to hear. Well, if anything, it kind of t- told on the stage there was no slips, no mistakes, everything oh, was. was no perfect. <laughs> yeah, was there? Oh, oh, there was, yeah. But, look, you know, if anyone that's set in that audience to pick up on mistakes is, is shouldn't have been there, because it no, wasn't about no. that. Um, we only get to see each other most of the time on the competition field, so for, for what we did tonight, sitting around, jamming in around the table, drinking water, drinking water, uh, yeah, very professional, even though it was a celebration, <laughs> we had a great time and bonded with each other, myself and Stephen McWhirter, mm. we spoke about the results of the worlds, we spoke about the results of the world solos, and we spoke yes. about a lot of things about our instruments and stuff like that, and just to share that with him, you know, at a different level, without the uh. pressure or the hassle of... Who, who should have won and who did win and yeah. it was fantastic that's what go. it's all about it is indeed and, and in fairness to Reid he has uh, to be honest he has proved that you know after all of these years you know what's most important here is the camaraderie between all of us we are very competitive but we're all great friends that's what I take from this whole experience that there's no kind of I want to be better than you That's, everyone's mm. on the same level of kind of best mates it's yeah. great yeah it's fantastic so Stephen I have to congratulate you on one heck of a season at St Lawrence Atoll congratulations of course on winning the big game in Glasgow thanks very much yeah well what was it like getting the name read out um, different emotions uh, we had we, we were playing well all season uh, we were very unfortunate not to get another major maybe for us or maybe instalment but we played well enough to get it on the day but look different day different George different opinion and that's just the way it is there's some great chorus in there mm. uh, and you just have to try and stay focused which we did and concentrate on, on the next one which is what we did at the Worlds and that's the second year in a row that we've won it in both arenas so um, yeah. 
and we did it in 2010 we won it on both arenas but we did win it on an, an MSR preference in 2006 when some people said that was the worst drum court ever won a world title but, so, and I always keep bringing that up but it, it always annoys me to think that people would say that about uh, a grade, any grade one car not just mine but exactly. any of them because they all deserve to be there because they were the best in the grade that they were in before they went to grade one so. definitely so what does 2017 bring for St Lawrence at all what does the future hold for you guys I don't know keep them motivated keep them focused try something new maybe it might be a change with uh, some of our products that we're using it might come down to bringing in a new player or a young player or mm. a, a developed player that might I don't know, maybe boost up the other guys and, and give them some enthusiasm to go on and do it again. So I'm, I'm hoping for a hat-trick. I did say in the last time you interviewed me that I was looking for yeah, yeah. five. I've, I've got two years now to get that one more. So uh, let's see. just see how it goes. Well, Stephen, I really appreciate you chatting to us no on matter. the show. I wish you all the very best of luck. You too. Thank Great you. to see you. You too, right. thanks. There you have it. That was Mr Stephen Creighton, lead drummer of St Lawrence Atul Pipe Band, of course. And, yeah, I wish him well. He's looking for that hat-trick. You heard it there on the interview. He's looking for the hat-trick. So I wish him well. I really do. Um, I think it'll be a great season for St. Lawrence Atul. I think this past few years have been great for the band. and Very strong drum corps and pipe corps both. And the whole ensemble just sings together. So it could be another strong year for St. Lawrence. You never know. So, Stephen, I wish you all the very best of luck. And to absolutely everyone who chatted to me at the Live in Ireland concert, I have to say thank you. In case I haven't said it already, I must have said it about a half a dozen times by now. But yeah, it was incredible. To be able to go back and chat to everyone who was there, it was just great. And if anything, a lot of people seemed to know who we were. They seemed to know about the show. And if anything, it's kind of it's cool. You know, what we're doing seems to be... Yeah, getting, not recognised, that's the wrong word, but people seem to know what's happening, which is kind of cool. Either that or it's not, and I'm just making, you know, turning heads, thinking, who's this blinking idiot in this stupid microphone, would you tell him to clear off? Yeah, and I think whenever I asked uh, Mr. Bill Livingston for a selfie, he did ask me three, you know, three, maybe three times, like, a what, a what, a, sel- a selfie, a what, what? But, yeah, I have been known to be taking the odd selfie. So, there you are. (laughs) Grant. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. It's been fun. It's been good putting it all together. This is a podcast exclusive for this week, so you're in luck. I didn't put these interviews on the live show, so nobody else has heard these apart from you, the podcast listeners. So, there you are. A little treat for you. Now, there will be more podcast exclusives coming your way, do not fear. And yeah, if you have any suggestions, any comments or anything that you want to say about the podcast, please, please do get in contact with us through the Facebook page, the Twitter, and hopefully by next week we'll have an email address set up for you so you can email us uh, and all that stuff. Maybe even send us a voice message as well. Yeah, there's an idea. If you want to send us a voice message, record it on your phone and then email it to us. You know, you can send it through us to us on Facebook. I've done that before. And, uh, yeah, various things. You know, send people, like, voice messages. Instead of sitting and typing for ages, send a voice message. And then what we can do is take the voice message and include it here on the show. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, and then we can have, you know, a section, you know, where I just answer questions and junk like that. So that would be cool. 
Anyway, it's been a crazy, crazy busy couple of weeks here. And if anything, it's been nearly too insane. It's been difficult to keep up with. I hope you guys have managed to bear with me. I know I have been kind of slow getting the content out there. But, uh, hey, I can only do my best. I'm one guy (laughs) with one pair of hands. There's only so much I can do. So, thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week to the podcast. I do seem to have quite a regular podcast audience now. So, hello to everyone. If you haven't yet... Checked out the live show on Fuse FM every Tuesday night, 7pm UK time. You can go and check us on thebigrabshow.com. Just click on Listen Live and there you go. You get two hours worth of live piping and music and news. And Plus it's repeated on Saturdays as well. So if you do miss the live show on Tuesday, you can catch it on Saturday on the repeat. Again, 7pm UK time. There you go. I have talked enough for this week. For goodness sake, it's time to go. Leave. Right, that's enough. What? Switch to the record, Switch off! Where is it? I need a cup of tea. <laughs> well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reads.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1. And until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.